April Farlow, she started a ministry called Lydia's Place, and this ministry helps kids who are aging out of foster care. And April, when you're starting a ministry and when you're running a ministry, you have so many people and so many things that are the hot item, right? So how do you determine and decide which is and which isn't? What's the most important? What's the most important? You know, for me, the most important became taking care of the kids we serve first. And that is hard to do when you are starting to get donors and you are starting to get people that are wanting to contribute to always keep what the kids need first. And I saw a phenomenal example of this when I went to Big Oak Ranch and I was meeting with their founder. And I didn't realize this, but I rode in the car, the meeting was all set up with two very significant donors. And he asked me, he looked at me and he goes, why are you here? And I had tears streaming down my face when I was looking at the pictures of all the kids. And I said, I don't know why I'm here. This was before Lydia's place. And he said, he looked at me and he looked at my face. He said, I know why you're here. And he looked at the two men and he said, gentlemen, you'll be sitting in the back seat for the rest of the day. She's going to sit up front. And, and it was his precision in making sure that he kept focus on what the kids need first. He knew the donors would see that over time. And so for me, every next right step has been, what do our friends need that we're serving and how do we focus there? And that works really well. The challenge is over time, if you don't build processes in place, it becomes really hard to scale it. And so um, I have, I never dreamed that Lydia's Place would grow as fast as it did. And I was given a chance to take a class called um, Ministry Ventures that's now Mission Increase. And it encouraged you to take a step back and really focus on your ministry And before you can even focus on your ministry, you have to focus on you. And it was a month of prayer, and it it talked about keeping the Sabbath for yourself, and you can't work this day. And um, how are you going to take care of you and your family first? Because otherwise you will burn out. And, and, And we talked a lot in that class about burnout, and I didn't realize that I was becoming burned out. Um, I, I, I didn't see the warning signs and I needed, which are, um, Never feeling, like for me, I I can't say what everyone's are. I can say for me, it's that I always felt like I needed to be doing something else. So I'm at the kids' uh, dance practice, but I feel like I need to be returning this phone call. I felt like I was at every, um, I'm in the carpool line having to return four phone calls. I'm trying to get the kids to bed really fast. Almost manic. Yeah, and um, I never, I felt like even if I, even if I had, extra time, I could never get it all done. And so I became aware that it was time to invite someone in to help me. Um, and, and I, I looked for a while, um, alongside our board, who is that person? And a a good friend of mine said, when, when, when you are ready, you pray for that person to come. And I had a moment sitting in church one Sunday when Paul Clark, who now helps run Lydia's place, he works in our operations, walked past me. I knew nothing about his skill set. We were working on a completely different project together. And I never heard the sermon that day because it hit me, this is your guy, you need to go talk to him. We went to lunch and uh, really a a big change happened for Lydia's place. Wow. But the lens you look through is is, is the kids. This is what's important to the kids. And that's how you filter and see everything. Because running a ministry um, and even even if you're not running a ministry, even if you're just taking kids to school or you're you're um, 
you're doing, you know, math homework, whatever. You got so many people who are telling you this is important. This is what you need to be doing. So if you're not honed in to what is the most important thing, everybody else around you will tell you what it is. It is very easy to become distracted by all the different ideas people have. It's not, people meaning really well, yeah. but they have all these different ideas about ways that we can serve the kids. And I had to really get focused in on, okay, those are all great down the road, but my bandwidth is limited. All I can do is this right here, right now. And now a lot of those ideas are coming to fruition, but but it took time to get there. And um, if I, what never felt good to me in the journey was if I had to put off talking to a friend that we were working with Lydia's Place because I had to handle the business of Lydia's Place. And I feel like that transition, um, when I started to realize that it was picking between the two, it was time to bring somebody else on to help. Wow. All right. So your filter is this and what you just shared with us, but how did you come to the place of determining, okay, this is my filter. This is my, uh, my true North. This is what I'm going to be focused on. What was the process? Well, because when you, when you meet the, what we call friends of Lydia's place, so many of them have been burned by so many people. And you, when you ask them, fill out this form to get this, their trust goes down quickly. and Because they've been filling out forms their whole life, their I'm whole sure. Life. Yeah. And, you know, so, so we came up with a different way. So when I get a referral, I always get a referral through a school or through somebody else who knows this person. And I will always ask them, who is someone who knows your story? And I will call them and I will get a reference on that person. And then typically the way that we meet is that we meet at a grocery store or at Walmart. And, and I say, you have $100, go spend it. And that does two things. One, it meets an immediate need before they ever fill out a form because somebody else already told me that, that they had this need. Somebody else has already validated it. But that $100 allows me, one, to build trust with that friend. But secondly, it allows me to see what is their need. Because there are a lot of things you can go buy at Walmart. And if you're buying food to try to ration out over the next two weeks, that looks very different than someone who is buying toiletries because they want to look nice. And so it helps me navigate what their needs are as well. And so, um, and, and usually what happens is I, that's the first place I meet them. So the, literally the first time we meet will be at a store and I will tell them sometimes depending on the circumstance, how much money we have that we can work with. And then usually after that, I'll say, Hey, did you want to go to lunch? And that's often when they will begin to tell me their story. But if you hadn't been attuned to what God was saying to you, you wouldn't be aware of how God gifted you, April Farlow, very unique from anybody else. And this is how God can use your gifts and talents. You wouldn't have time to go and meet with somebody at Walmart and then go have lunch. No, and I will say that I, I joke and say I'm a professional storyteller because I do motivational speaking, but I've spent the last 15 years drawing stories out of people as they're working to become speakers. And because of that, it makes me a pretty good, astute listener in what is your story. And, and so I do think God uniquely gifted me in that way. The other thing that I, that I think has helped me navigate every next step with Lydia's Place is I, I, I get to know not all of the friends. Some of them don't want a relationship long-term, but those that do, I always ask them, what do you wish someone had done? How do you wish we had served you differently? What could we have done that would have been better? What could I, I even often say, what did I say that was wrong? How did I... How did I disrupt the trust that we were trying to build? What did I get wrong? And and they will tell you. Um, and and it's funny, like it can be little bitty things that to them went a long way. Um, but I have found that these kids we are helping, they want to help, they want to serve. And so when I ask them, how could I have done that differently? And I say, hey, by the way, can you help 
with this next friend who we bring in, can you help them? Because they don't know where the food pantries are and they don't know. It then gives them not just tangible help. It gives them a purpose and they need that. 